John Bozica, 1480 WHBC, final half hour of the show this morning. And uh, interested about this next topic because this is something that we started to talk about earlier this week due to the fact that Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas kind of brought this up a little bit and discussed the idea of it, and that is legalizing marijuana. So I wanted to get the perspective of someone who is a lawyer himself, also a former University of Akron law professor in J.D. and Carroll, and we bring him into the program now. Dean, how are you this morning, sir? I'm fine, John. This is a good topic. Uh, it's a little complicated, but um, pretty readily discussed. Yeah, I, 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 I've kind of gathered that there's a lot of, um, I won't say case law, but a lot of discussion on this that's happened already. Um, and I, and I also kind of gathered that it's something that uh, it's also, you know, pretty, pretty common in law circles to have this talk. Um, yes. Let's start first with what Clarence Thomas said um sure his well, go ahead yeah i mean basically what you have to understand is uh this case was decided in the 10th circuit so it's out of colorado but in the 10th circuit which is a federal court they wanted to the petitioners wanted to get into the u.s supreme court to to get the case heard on the merits that is on the on the actual claims four justices have to agree it's called the rule of four they couldn't get four and Clarence Thomas, Associate Justice, dissented from that. So mean, what that means is he thinks the court should have heard the case. So all this is is his singular, solely his opinion, nothing ha- binding on the court. That's all it is. What he's saying is we should have taken the case in. It was a mistake not to, and we should think about it in the future. Do you think it will happen in the future soon where well, they hear the case? Well, I, here, here's what I think will happen. It's not unusual for a Supreme Court justice to express an opinion about a future problem. The opinion he's expressing is there's a lot of confusion about the legality of the sale of marijuana. Okay? So what, what happened way back in 2005 is the court decided a case that, that said growing of marijuana, sale of marijuana within a state, was affecting interstate commerce, which then triggers Congress's ability to regulate the area, okay? So what's happening now is you have a number of states who that have allowed for either medical marijuana and or recreational use, okay? okay. So there's a, there's a hodgepodge of, of laws in the, in the United States. And what he's saying is, you got 36 states allowing medical use, 18 of those recreational, and yet there's a schedule, Schedule 1, which Ohio abides by, that criminalizes the possession or sale of marijuana. So how can that be? How can it be that you know 36 states allow it, but the federal government says you can't sell it or have it? You see the problem? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. And, and I think that that's... That's where a lot of people tend to get frustrated with this. You know, they, right. they, they tend to not really understand that. They tend to be kind of lost at that point. And, and why is it that we've ended up there so much? And why is it that we keep ending up back here? Well, because there's been mixed messages from the federal government. So on the one hand, Schedule 1, uh, which includes a, a lot of terrible drugs, it also includes marijuana. Well, you know, you're talking about drugs like, like heroin, Okay. Is marijuana like heroin? Is it like mescaline? Is it like LSD? 
most people would say no. And some states have said, yeah, we don't agree. It's not that bad a drug. And yet the federal government still prohibits it. So what he's doing, which is, again, not unusual, is he's saying, hey, Congress, you, you need to act on this because you're having two sets of rules. And you can't have two sets of rules within the country. And the real, the real impact on this particular case was the IRS. You can, you can deduct the cost of buying marijuana as this business did, but you can't deduct the other aspects of running a business. So just like any other business can deduct a number of business expenses, the only thing this company could deduct was the cost of producing the marijuana. That's what brought the case to the Supreme Court. Okay, so let's say that you're arguing this. Uh, as, say what? Let's say that you're arguing this as as Dean Caro is my guest here, and uh, he is an area lawyer and a former law professor at the University of Akron. Let's say you're arguing this to a, a jury, and you're trying to tell them why you think marijuana should be entirely legal. What would be the benefits to that in your mind? It's a tough. It's a tough argument to make uh, for this reason. Because marijuana has been a Schedule One drug for many decades, there has been very little scientific studies done on the effects of it. On the other hand, you have 36 states saying it's good for medical purposes. And, and so there's an inconsistency there. The only way that can be resolved is for Congress to act. So it's not really a Supreme Court decision that can affect it. Congress has to make the decision to pull marijuana off of Schedule 1, thereby opening it up for uh, proper regulation, like liquor, uh, within the states or within the federal government. So do you feel that there's more against it at this point still than there is for it? I think there's an awful lot of momentum in favor of certainly medical use, you know, two-thirds of the states, right? Yeah. You have 36 states saying it's okay. So there's a, a pretty good wave of support for medical and a decent wave for recreational. But the problem is who has studied this? Nobody. So you have anecdotal evidence from Colorado, for example, of people using marijuana. I think eventually what's going to happen is the pressure is going to be brought to bear on Congress. Congress is going to pull it out of Schedule 1, allow it to be sold, similar regulations as for the purpose uh, for the purchase of Liquor, you know, you can't be uh, under age 18 and buy liquor. Uh, and the same thing with marijuana. You'll have to have certain age limits and quantities that you can buy. It's Jadine Caro, who is my guest. He's an area lawyer, former law professor at the University of Akron. We're talking about uh, how Clarence Thomas started to discuss the idea of legalizing marijuana the other day in, in a circuit uh, court decision from the 10th Circuit um, how many years ago was that, Dean, that they decided that? That's been about four years, hasn't it? The the uh, case he's talking about? Yeah. It's 2005. 2000, uh, U.S. Okay. versus Raish. Okay, I wasn't sure how was, long that had been. Say again? I wasn't sure how long that had been. I oh, thought yeah, that, that was just Quite recent. a while ago. And, and so you're talking, you know, 16 years ago where the Supreme Court said that the internal production, internal within a state, production of marijuana does affect interstate commerce, and therefore Congress can act. And that's his, that's his real argument. Congress can act and should act to create, to create a uniform system, decriminalize it, let the states experiment with it. He's not a real, a real fan of experimentation, but that's the way our system is designed, to have laboratories 
in the states to test out different approaches to different problems. Now, let's say we did completely legalize it, not just for medical purpose, but also for recreational. Um, do you think then that those who are in jail for it should be expunged based on that fact? No, uh, that, that's a separate issue. Uh, if the law existing at the time was was valid, then you're you're properly in, in prison or jail. What we've seen happen, though, is uh, certain legislative bodies have gone back and said, look, uh, we have an inconsistency here. You, you, you know, you, you possessed a, a few grams of marijuana, you're in jail for three years. It doesn't make any sense because now you can possess it and sell it. So courts, uh, legislatures generally go back and create a separate statute to remedy that circumstance. The other issue that I see with this is something that I heard someone start to discuss the other day, which was that you might still have governing bodies of like athletics. You might have like a, a business. You might have some place that does not allow it when it is legal then, you know, to be able to do it. And, and I guess my question would be what happens in those cases and how do you regulate it in those cases? Since that seems like well, there would be some challenge there. Yeah, there would be some challenge. But look at look at the recent issue with the Olympic runner. Um, she tested positive for, for marijuana. Well, that's barred by the U.S. Olympic Committee. And so that could still happen. Marijuana use is barred according to NCAA rules. So they could still have their own requirements because the issues for them are risk of injury to the athlete or risk of injury to other people. So, so for example, uh, you could still legalize marijuana, but if a person uh, had smoked in a, a large quantity of marijuana and then was driving, that person could still be charged with driving under the influence of marijuana. Now, what about if it's for medical purposes? How does that change it then? Like, let's say you're in the NFL and you get a medical license to be able to use it. Well, that's up to the NFL how they want to deal with that. That's a private organization. But, for example, in an employment setting, if you're taking marijuana for medical reasons, the question from the employer is, does it impact your work? Let's say you're on an assembly line and there's a, a, you know, a, a machine that cuts material. If you're intoxicated on marijuana because of the medical marijuana usage, you might not be capable of doing that job. So they could still have requirements of not use during the job or not influenced by the marijuana during the job. I, I just I guess the big thing for me, and this is my last thought here, is that after all of these years with all of the and granted, as you said, there are not many studies, there are not many, you know, things to prove certain things, but after all of these years that we're still at this point where there is so much back and forth that is different, it just seems crazy to me that after all these years, this is still the step that we're at. Are you surprised by that too? I, I'm, I am surprised at the resistance in the federal government. I think the wave of the future is with the states, the 36 states, uh, and that'll eventually take over and Congress will be forced to act because there'll be an inconsistency in the application of laws as far as the federal government's concerned. Dean Caro, I always appreciate the time, sir, and uh, have a happy 4th, and we'll talk again you soon. You too, John. And, and um, watch out for the fireworks, man. I will. You too. Okay.